are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Hey everyone, welcome to the Coffee and Calling podcast. I am one of the two co-hosts on this podcast. I am Noah Yearout, and I am joined by a good friend of mine that makes me laugh more than anybody else, Isaac Steiner. Thanks. Thanks, brother. My good friend, Chicken Little. Um, it's good to be here. Season two. I'm ready to get it kicking. Can't believe you just called me Chicken Little, but you know, we may have to go into a little story time about that one, but I'm, I'm also joined by Ski Slope, which that's also story time, but... <laughs> Anyways, if you guys listened to the last episode with Dan and Griff, they mentioned that they are moving on. That now Dan is in Michigan and Griff is in Indianapolis area. So we are the co-hosts for this season and we're pretty excited. We've got we got some maybe some fresh things going on. What do we, what do we got yeah. going on, Isaac? So with this season, uh, Noah and I really want to focus on getting a variety of people coming in on this podcast to get a bunch of different views. Um, and honestly, different, almost different timelines, uh, with their callings. And so we'll be talking to pastors, to professors and to students as well that have experienced the calling, but maybe at a different spot in the journey and, and seeing how it's going. So it'll be good to see how these things play out as we get different ages and different views. Yeah. It'll, it'll be definitely be super interesting seeing these different timelines, right? Seeing yeah. these quote unquote older guys and, and girls in ministry and, and doing these, those different things. But Anyways, as you guys are hopping in and listening, uh, you guys may or may not know who Isaac and I are. And while we would love to go over our calling story again, actually has already been recorded. So it's your lucky day. You can hop on to episode number 16 for my calling story. And Isaac, you're number 13, correct? Yeah, I'm number 13. Go rack up those views. <laughs> I, need, I need a mansion in heaven. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> my sanctification needs to be perfected. <laughs> So give me some views. Yeah, Isaac, Isaac needs all the help he can get. He plays tennis, so you already know he's he's struggling on the court, you know? It's tough. Even that's though you tough. won all your games. And- yeah, we don't need to talk about that, though. That's that's of the world, you know what I'm saying? You know? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go give it a listen to to check out our stories. But we kind of want to pick up where that left off, right? It kinda, our calling story yeah. kind of gets us to college, but doesn't really get anywhere else. So Isaac... How has that played out, like, even this last summer? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so if, if you give that a listen, you're going to hear kind of a drastic change in, in, my, in my story a little bit and how tennis brought me to college and all these things and meeting a bunch of different people. And then I received, uh, just over a year ago, a call to Latinos and Hispanics. And so seeing how that plays out, and then I ended up going to Costa Rica this summer. And so I was in another country, um, Spanish-speaking country, for two months. And the whole goal was to go and learn Spanish. That, that was my goal because I feel like I'm called to these people. And the Lord was pretty blind. He's like, if you want to minister to these people, you need to learn their language. And so went to Costa Rica and it was pretty rigorous. I lived with a Costa Rican family. Well, the best way I can explain it to you guys is if you guys have ever known exchange students, that's what I did for a summer. I lived with the family there and <laughs> my mama Tika uh, bless her soul. She did not know a lick of English. And so me coming in, not knowing really any Spanish, her not knowing English, it was tough. But 
Um, I would go to school every day for three hours and learn Spanish. And so over time, got better and better, could conversate, all these things. And I wish I could tell you guys that there was this some aha moment where it was just like, yes, this is why. But it was just the discipline of going through it every day and just being like, I'm here for the Lord, knowing that he has called me here and I need to be diligent with the time that I have here to learn this language. And that sometimes I was frustrated. Sometimes I was joyous. Sometimes I was all these different emotions, different things going on. But the Lord really came through in showing me towards the end that, yes, I have called you to these people, but you don't know the next step. And so that's when I, when I came back here and started talking to people about it, I'm like, I know the direction that I'm heading in, but I don't know the plan. And so I think a lot of times it works out like that. And I look back at my life and just seeing how the Lord has worked the calling in my life. And that's how it was. I knew the direction, but I didn't know necessarily the steps. And so I remember when I was teaching these kids this one time about in Psalms 119, 105, that it talks about the word is a lamp to our feet, a guide to our path, right? A lamp. Like my question always was, why does he use a lamp? It's not bright at all. Why not like a lighthouse to show us like everything? And it came to me that the Lord really just shows the next step. Just take the next step. Just take the next step. Be obedient in that. And so that's where I'm at right now. Not really knowing what the next step is, but I'm waiting to see the next step. Just waiting to take that next one, knowing that the Lord would be faithful to show me the plan. Because <laughs> I don't know if you guys can relate, but I've tried to make plans on my own and they just fall through. <laughs> yep. And so, and so I'm, I'm kind of tired of going through this whole thing of making my own plans and then the Lord wrecking them and then having to follow his rather not make my plans and just wait for him to show me and then just go follow him, yeah. you know? And so that's where I'm at. There's, there's not some giant revelation that I got, but it's just waiting for the next step to be obedient. And I know through conversations with you, you had a pretty insane roommate. Oh my Are goodness. you allowed to share these stories? I can share these stories. I won't tell his name. Okay. So <laughs> I had a roommate. Um, well, housemate, we didn't share rooms. That would have been kind of weird because he was a 62-year-old South Korean. <laughs> I couldn't imagine sharing a bed with that man. <laughs> but thank goodness he was single. So if we had to do that, it wouldn't be that weird, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not, but It's not too weird. But in a short story, this dude is a, like a Bible pirate. Dude smuggles Bibles into everywhere. So he grew up in South Korea and he goes to North Korea and he starts smuggling Bibles in there. And then he's like, yeah, then... Then they were just destroying the Bibles and all these things. And I was like, they weren't coming for you? And he's like, no, no, no. They were just destroying them. So they didn't think too much of it. But then I really made him mad. I was like, what What did you do? And he's just laughing. He's like, in their, in their beliefs, you can't destroy something that has an image of their leaders. That's like their religion, their belief, right? And so he put an image of one of their leaders on the Bible <laughs> so they couldn't destroy the Bible. And so then when he would give it out and the leaders would find this, they can't destroy it because of this, this image, right? And so they got so mad and they threatened to kill him, put him in prison, all this stuff. But luckily, I don't know how he wasn't just killed on the spot, but luckily he, he was allowed to leave, go back to South Korea. He just, they said, never come back or else like, we will kill you. And, <laughs> and he's telling me all this, just like, yeah, they, you know, they told me, you know, that they would kill me if I came back, but whatever. Like, it's just chill. Like nonchalant. Yeah. And so he goes to South Korea, goes to this island on, on, on the outside of South Korea, and he gets these weather balloons. And he puts Bibles in them and then has like a fish line hook connected to a timer. So he sends them over. He literally studied, studied the wind patterns, sent the balloons up. They would go over North Korea and at a timer, they would cut and Bibles would just drop. That's awesome. And so he was smuggling Bibles in that way, right? North Korea finds out 
They tell South Korea, kick him out or else we're going to have even more problems. And the beef between South Korea and North Korea is already crazy. And so they kick, he got kicked out of his home country, went to China, smuggled Bibles through China. <laughs> they caught him, said, we're going to kill you if you, if you like don't stop. And he's like, okay. So he came to the States and I'm like, what are you doing in Costa Rica? He's like, I'm trying to learn Spanish so I can go to Cuba because they're communist. So that way I can raise up disciples and missionaries to go to North Korea. <laughs> I was like, all right, there's the game plan. He's like, yeah, it's all for my people. And I was just like, bro, you are a modern day Paul, man. Yeah. So I was just living with this crazy dude. He didn't learn a lick of lick of Spanish the whole time. <laughs> so that was fun. But uh, crazy story. Learned a lot from him. Um, was very humbled by him too. Just knowing that that, that dude was my housemate, you know? That's crazy. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. It takes so much dedication. First of all, to, to study like the weather and, like, and the wind patterns dude. of a country. Like we look at, at passion. We look at a calling, all these different things. And it's all like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this and that. But I love hearing these stories. Maybe partially because I don't think I would, I could do that. But no. homie is just doing all this stuff. Dude, and the craziest thing was he just looked at, I, I was like, all right, so like, why, why did you start doing this? Like what, what like prompted you to all these things? He's like, well, the Bible tells me to. <laughs> and, and he said nothing else. Just looked at me and just, the Bible says to. And I was like, yep, you're pretty, you're right there. You <laughs> yep, know, that, that's the great commission right <laughs> I there. I was like, nothing else, nothing about like your heart being full for that. Nothing with your giftings, all that stuff. He's like, no, the Bible just said that I need to go and do this. So I went and did it because nobody else was. That's and crazy. I was like, dude, that's so that's such gold. And I was like, dude, you're 62. Everybody at that time would be like, ah, I'm too old. I can't go right. to countries. I can't do all that stuff, all that missionary work, right? I'll be funding people to go. And he's like, no, no, no I, I still want to go. And I was just like, dude, that that is incredible. And his heartbeat is just like, like the Lord loves the Koreans too. That's what he said over and over. The Lord loves the Koreans. Facts. And so he, And so he would just like start crying every time he said that. And he's like, that's my heart. That's where I want to be. Because those are my people, and I know the Lord loves them, and they need to hear the truth. Wow! And that's that's it. He's like, that's all I that's that's all I needed to know. He's like, that's why I went. I was like, wow, that's incredible. Talk about a, a calling story within yeah. a crazy yeah. crazy stories. I mean, I, yeah, dude. I can only speculate, but I can imagine his his own salvation moment just was birthed out of an absolute like. Yeah, he was lost. And, complete, and I'm guessing he was in Korea. Yeah. And just coming to know Christ, just lit of passion. Like, I'm free from this. Dude. I want others to know this too. Dude, one, he said once once he found salvation, once he found the Lord, everything just changed. He's yeah. just like, yeah, this is what I'm about now. You know, there wasn't any like, like these like, like five-year like plan for him to like even be begin to talking to people about Jesus, right? He was just like, now I believe this. This has set me free, changed his life. He's like, now I have to tell everybody else. Yeah. And that's why he went. Wow. And so him telling me that and hearing that and then him encouraging me uh, in what I'm doing, what the Lord's calling me to. And he'd just be, I, I was telling him, I was like, I don't know really what's next. He's like, nah, no worries. He's like, eating. He's like, nah, you don't have to worry about that. Just eating his food. And I was like, kind, kind of worried about it. And he's like, nah, the Lord will get it. And then he keep eating his food like it's nothing. I was like, <laughs> bro, like I'm 21. And he's like, I'm 62. I've gone through all this. He'll provide. Don't worry. And I was like, all right, cool. It's just like <laughs> conversation over. Yeah. Like, like we, we want to argue. We want to be like, oh, yeah. no, I'm scared. But in reality, he's like, no, like this is what it is. Yeah. This is what scripture says. 
believe it. Yeah, word is final in his life. Word is final. That's it. You know? I think that could even be a heartbeat for most yeah. for almost all Christians. Right? Oh my gosh. So that was dude, my summer had a lot, you know, yeah. and a lot of a lot of advancements in my in my calling and understanding it, but also at the same time being in the spot that I don't know what's gonna happen. And so I think that's where a lot of people can be. You receive this calling and you take one step that you thought would open up like 20 doors to you for the right in front of you, right? You come to college, 20 doors open. And it's like, sometimes you take that step and it it seems like all the doors are still closed. And so it's waiting on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord and you'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so that's what I've been learning. That's where I'm at. I remember talking to you about that and kind of having this picture, this, this idea, this not vision, but this picture in my head of sometimes we are sitting in a room with a bunch of doors and all the doors are closed and we're just waiting for God to open that one door we're supposed to walk through. Mm. We can go try the doors and try to force our way yeah. open, but it's, it's not, it's not going to happen because it's not the Lord's timing. I just remember either, either you mentioning that to me or, or something like that. But I think that is a season for all Christians. There's times where you're just waiting. It's yeah. hard. I mean, waiting is hard. Um, if you need a, a song, listen to wait on you. Oh my gosh. Wait on you. by Maverick city that helped me in such a hard time. It's just the whole idea of it's changed. It's changed how I view my calling where it's just, I know the, I said, I know the direction I have, but dude, the steps, the Lord is the one that plans my steps and I do not know the next one. But the thing is I have waited on the Lord before and I went to Costa Rica. So I will wait on the Lord again. And I know that he will provide the next steps. And it's, it's this whole idea of you're like, why, why do we need to wait on the Lord? Why wouldn't he just give us the plan right now? Well, the thing is, our Lord is not a Lord of instant gratification. You don't, if you just got the plan right now, where's the faith, right? There's faith. Faith is produced through this, this trial of waiting even, where when you wait, you trust on the Lord. I will wait. I will trust on the Lord. If you didn't have to wait and you just got everything that you ever desired, ever wanted, that wouldn't be the God that we worship. And everything that we do with God, it is on God's timing. And a lot of times it's at a slower pace than we're ready for yeah, just look at Jesus' life. Exactly. When we walked everywhere. <laughs> I don't see Jesus running. I mean, yeah, there's there's urgency in his heart. In the Jesus forward, baby. <laughs> He's yeah. it's the Air Jordans, but there's exactly. the Air Jesus. Exactly. He's walking on water. It's just a new, a new yeah. ability you can do. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that was my summer. It was crazy. Um, ready to see what the Lord would do next. But what about yours? It was a bit different than mine. No? Oh, absolutely different than yours. Uh <laughs> I, I I'm from Oklahoma. Uh listen to my Number 16, you guys. And yes, know. if you're wondering, he does eat dust still with all of his food. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm I'm a little tan because I'm just covered in a layer of dust. It's been there since exactly since about two years old, you know. So <laughs> it just happens. It it the scrubbing process just takes too long to get the dust off. But I am from from Oklahoma. And so I went back home, got to be with my family, got to be with my girlfriend, got to almost take like a relaxing summer, like almost like a sabbatical summer before hopping yeah. into a residency into ministry. And I honestly had no idea what that, what that would look like. So my calling story, going to college, that's that was kind of where I le- left off. Like, I need to spend some time discipling others, but also myself, learning theology, you know, scripture. How do I do IBS? You know, what are, what are spiritual disciplines? All these things, right? Then I get to this summer, and I went home, and it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to Costa Rica. I'm not interning. I'm not doing this or that. Like, what? was quote unquote my purpose for the summer. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the same idea of, all right, I'm just going to live day by day. I'm just going to see what happens. And lo and behold, there, there's, there is conversation that took place this summer and also 
at the end of spring semester last year that started to turn my heart to come back home. And by the time I was back home in May, I had a desire to be back at my home church, which newsflash, I had, I did not want to come back home yeah, I didn't, you didn't. for my for residency. I was like, I want to go travel. I want to go to Colorado. I want to <laughs> go to California. Like I want to go to all these places and, and, and home is not where I want to yeah. be. But the Lord changes your heart and changes your desires sometimes and your yeah, passions. And I sure. came back home and all of a sudden I was like, this is, this is where I want to be. And the Lord was faithful and provided a way for that to happen. And so because of that, and because I'm doing my residency back home and in, in starting June 1st, I was like, okay, I need to be intentional with the youth group that I'll be a resident of. Like what poor steward I would be of this information or even the chance of coming home. And I didn't spend time investing in these students. Mm-hmm. So I helped out at youth group every Wednesday, um, hung out with my youth pastor, who I guess will be my boss next year, which that's going to be fun. But I think the, the, the key of this summer that I was super excited about the point where this summer was like amazing is I was a co MC at, at my home youth camp. And I had done that last year. I did it again this year. And I guess I'll do it again next year too. <laughs> but it's such a blast. God, God moves in, in, in awesome ways and getting to see that through these students at, at this youth camp. Um, but my summer really consisted of what does it look like to be intentional with my relationship with God mm-hmm. apart from being surrounded by so many people at Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. When you come to Iowa, you, you can spiritually get fat. You can, you are in taking so much and there's, of course, opportunities to serve, but you've got academics and, and different commitments and work. And all of a sudden you're just becoming a spiritual glutton. You're just intaking all of this information, all of this good stuff with no outward production. Mm-hmm. Then I went back home and I didn't have that. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't have that continuous amount of just people pouring into my life and opportunities to see God move. I went home my family's great. I love them to death, but it's not the same, right? Mm-hmm. Like you went to Costa Rica, you were surrounded by these people with the same heartbeat. I went home and it was me, my girlfriend, my youth pastor, and my head pastor trying to just mm-hmm. like, all right, I, I have to be intentional with my relationship with Jesus. What does it look like when I hop into ministry, into my calling, and actually have to steward my time with the Lord well? I have to be intentional with, okay, I can't just, it can't just be a morning thing. It has to be in every, every day, but not just every day, but multiple moments throughout the day. Mm-hmm. When I'm struggling, what do I turn to? Where, where, where does my heart go? What do I give my time to, to, to show like where my heart is? It was just like that summer of, oh, mm. oh, oh my gosh. Like understanding and realizing my habits that were just kind of deeply formed. Yeah. That I didn't even realize. Mm. Dang. That like, as, as you were talking about that, it's just the, I mean, you use the analogy or the comparison of just being like spiritually fat and just the whole idea of we're just intaking food, right? And not doing anything, not being physically active at like at all. It doesn't matter what you what you take in. If you're eating and you're consuming a lot and you're not doing anything, you'll gain you'll gain weight and you'll just become obese and all these things. And it's just it's the two things you need. You have to eat, but you also have to exercise. You have to be moving. You have to be doing things. And so I would, I would just remind it of like, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word of God. Jesus is the bread of life. Like all, all these things, right? And we have to get the fresh bread from him. That is important. What we talk about here, like it's important. But if you don't do anything with it, then it just stays inside. But what God has given us is to share and to go out, right? And I, w- I was wondering, how humbling has it been to, 
accept the residency at your home church instead oh. of going somewhere else? How humbling has it been? It it's definitely one of those things that I'm like, man, I'm I'm gonna go back home. I'm hometown boy. Like every person in this in my church has seen me grow up. Not only seen my good things, but also my mistakes, right? And yeah. there's memories created at certain spots, good and bad memories. There's relationships that you've built and burned when you go back home. Yeah. It's really easy when you do a residency to go to a new place and build all these relationships and then leave. Right? It's it's you do that in college. You go to college, you meet new people, you build relationships. The ones that last, there's like four, whatever mm-hmm. relationships that you'll make that'll last and then you leave. And all the superficial ones that had no depth are gone. And you don't need to rebuild that. When I go, when I went back home this summer, I was like, man, I left some things unresolved. And that was humbling. Wow. It was, I had to t- just take a stab at my pride and say, no, this relationship means more to me. I had a mentor that we, I mean, it was an intentional like weekly lunch that we got when I was in high school. I mm-hmm. went to college and that kind of dwindled. And then something kind of went down and it led to some tension. And then the tension was resolved, but it was still a little weird. So I went back home and I was like, you know, if I'm going to be a resident here, this relationship is important to me. I need to humble myself and regain and rebuild this. And because this is a bridge I want to walk across. I don't want to fall off of it. I want to walk across it. And so going back home, not only being, you know, spiritually obese that I would try not to be right, trying to, to, to pour out and then going home to where all I'm doing is pouring out with little you know, avenues for pouring in, right? This mentor of mine is important mm-hmm. to, to be spiritually fit because I need those people. I need that community. It's different than you and I. We're doing this podcast. Even though we're not getting in the word, quote unquote, we are still filling each other up because we're having brotherly yeah. conversations. Those are going to dwindle when I go home. I'm going to have to refine that community. Yes, there's a college in Oklahoma Wesleyan in my hometown but I have to refine those relationships. Mm-hmm. So it's super humbling going home, going, oh, I have to like start over even though this is home. And I have to humble myself and rebuild those relationships that I have messed up. Yeah. No, dude, I even feel that like when I go back home to my home church, there are relationships that were once really strong, but now either from college is not talking as much or just some other things that were unresolved, you know, uh, it kind of feels like an awkward tension now. And so being in that, and just taking a stab to the pride and uh, going and resolving those things, having humbling conversations. Dude, I remember what you said reminded me of a moment I had at my church. And uh, of they seen the good and seen the bad. One time I was give it, gifted this opportunity to like kind of speak, not, on, not for a full sermon on Sunday, but like to go up and say some stuff for introductions, all these things. And dude, I literally walked out there. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, Man, this god-awful weather. (laughs) No way. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, I was like sitting there on the side, literally rehearsing like, all right, this is what you're going to say. This is what you're going to say. I go out there, screw everything that I just thought. And I go, man, this god-awful weather, am I right? And then, and it was dead silent. (laughs) The thing is, I didn't even realize what I said when I was on stage. (laughs) But then everybody told me after, they were like, you know, it was bad. But also at the same time, it wasn't as bad until there was a guy behind you on stage that just his face. I wish you guys could see his face. <laughs> he was just like, the eyes were bugging out of his head, mouth, like jaw dropped and everything. And so I come off and my, our head pastor, he was just laughing. He was like, <laughs> I'm going to get so many emails from this. And 
And then I come in later, like, uh, like to see my mom who's working there and all these things. And, uh, yeah, women in ministry. That's a plug. My mom, love you. (laughs) (laughs) We support that. Um, but I come in and and he's just talking. He's like, yeah, I've gotten so many emails. They're like, never let him back up there again. All this stuff. Right. And he's like, yeah, we'll give you a few weeks. Then you'll get back up there. I was like, all right. (laughs) Have you, have you watched the anchorman? Yeah. And when, when Will Ferrell's character is reading off the teleprompter. Oh, and yeah. And he reads off whatever is on there. Yep. And he just says the most obscene thing. Yeah. That, that's, that's what, what it, I did. That's what it reminded me yeah, of. Yeah, but if anybody puts on the teleprompter at church, <laughs> got off a of weather, fired. Luckily, then, I was a little kid. And then Will Ferrell was like, he didn't even realize that he said that. And then he went, oh, oh, this is bad. And it's just yeah. like that moment of when we get on a stage, sometimes we just... We just mess yeah, up. But we just mess up. And we're not oh, man, and we're not gonna be. But <laughs> that <laughs> that is just moments. There's so many moments in ministry that yeah. we just fail. We utterly fail. Yeah. And good thing it's not about us anyways. Yeah. Thank the Lord for his grace. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> man. No, that's good. We had some crazy summers, huh? I'd say I'd say it was pretty crazy. Yeah. I'd say that there is a lot of growth and coming back to Iowa, there's a lot of things to work through, but also an exciting, yeah, an exciting new adventure almost. Like we're graduate students now. Yeah. We're, we're, we're smarter than everybody else in undergrad. <laughs> was that process called sanctification or something nope. like that? I reached it. I made it. <laughs> I am there. <laughs> oh boy. We don't even understand that. Yeah. We probably should cut that out. I don't even know. Good thing. I. Nah. <laughs> good thing. Uh, good thing Tyler's in charge and. He'll tell us what we can and can't say. So <laughs> maybe love you, Tyler. Maybe. Anyways, uh, guys, thank you so much for for hopping on the podcast and, and taking a listen. This is just an intro. Yeah. Uh, next week we will have our first episode of season two. Not just the intro, but our first episode actually. Yeah. Hop on. It'll be released every single Friday. Every Friday. Every you Friday. Guys hear that? Check that out. Every ch- Friday. Ch- 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 one, two, three. Put in notifications. Come come hang out with us. Coffee and calling. Chicken Little, Ski Slope. That's <laughs> Noah Year Out and Isaac Steiner on the Coffin Calling. Be there every Friday. Be there, be square. Adios. Adios.